beautiful souls. This month's winner of the drawing for a free session with me is Adrian W. That's right. I still do this drawing. Each month, my assistant picks a winner from the names from all of the people who've written a five-star positive review on iTunes or my Google or Facebook business pages. Links in the show notes below. Copy and paste your review to all three places and you're entered to win three times. Don't forget, email me a screenshot so that we know how to reach you when you win. Friends, an additional 16 winners for free sessions with students of the Angel Reiki School were also picked. Those winners' names are in the podcast show notes and over on our Facebook group, the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe. Don't forget, leave a review today and maybe I'll be announcing your name on an upcoming show. So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We have angel author Lorna Byrne on the show today, and I am so excited. For those of you who haven't read her books, you must read them. They go into so much detail about angels, about how to communicate with angels. Her first book, Angels in My Hair, came out in 2008, and that was really, Lorna, the first time that you opened up about you seeing angels, correct? Um, yes, and I suppose I should say to you, you know, that was one of the things I gave out to God about and the Archangel Michael was um, being ridiculed and being laughed at. But it has got to the point now, it doesn't matter because when you, you help someone in the world, that's all that matters is that we help each other and we're there for each other and to give love and compassion and hope to as many people as possible. And I, I suppose, you know, um, angels are real. You know, God is real. I had a, a young man there maybe four weeks ago, and um, he just said to me, Lorna, is, is God really real? You know, is my guardian angel real? And I said, yes. And he just took a big sigh and just said, I knew it. That's good. <laughs> you know, it was it was great to see his body, you know, do that. Yeah. It was like such a relief to him. It, it, it must have gave him, you know, courage and confidence and belief in himself, knowing he wasn't alone. So everyone has a guardian angel. Yes, yes. Let's just dive right into it. I would just want to pick your brain over the next hour. And I really want to start with, and I know this is a really big question, but what is 
the answer that you see to why a soul comes here to earth to experience duality? To experience our life. Um, I, I love the question because I, I have said to God and the angels, you know, why would God give part of himself? I have written a bit more about this in Angels at My Fingertips. You know, why Why would God give, you know, that little spark of light, which is our soul, that is, you know, it fills our whole body and yet it's out there as well within the universe. And And to me, that is so incredible. And it's billions of times more beautiful than any angel. So I don't really know why or when even God fell in love with us and decided to do that. You know, he has God, whether God is a man or a woman, he always shows himself as a man to to myself, you know, to have fallen in love with us. And, and we're not very good, are we? You know, when you look at all of the things we do, he has, God has such patience. The angels have such patience with us. Like God has even given us, each and every one of us, a guardian angel, you know, that never leaves you for a second. And it's the gatekeeper of your soul. And it loves you no matter what you believe, no matter whether some people might say, you know, that's a real good person. So that person has a guardian angel. And then someone else might say, that's a bad person. No way have they a guardian angel, but they have. And to me, I have to smile because that's love. That's compassion. You know, that's, that's undescribable love, you know. Um, and I, at times I'd wish we as human beings could love our children in the same way. You yeah. know, that would be, would be beautiful. Absolutely. And so when I was reading for, through your first book, I couldn't get the second one yet because it was all sold out on Amazon. As soon as it comes in, I am grabbing that one and reading that one too. So we'll have to have you back on another time to go through that book. But why do adults block themselves from hearing or seeing angels? I, I think adults um, do that. And I think it happens very early because... I know children see angels, you know, very young children, babies, and and mothers and fathers are beginning to notice that all over the world. You know, even when they're two years of age, they see them turn and look in a direction and say something, you know, or give a big, a big smile. But the world, it's like the way we have been conditioned, you know, we have been conditioned in a in a harsh way, really. You know, that only what is solid is real. And the only thing that matters in the world is, you know, material things, money and wealth. And and we're teaching our children, you know, all, all of that. We have forgotten about the spiritual side of us. You know, we're not just um, a human being. We have this soul and we have this guardian angel. And your soul is very real. You know, and it's part of you. Sometimes we say to ourselves, I want to know me. You know, I I hear people say, you know, they want to know themselves. They they would say, I don't know me. And, And sometimes we call that, you know, the inner child or we're looking for. That's our soul we're in search of. You know, the spiritual side of ourselves. But 
we have been conditioned over generations, you know, that you don't have the right to do that. Yeah. You know, that's only for the special few. That's only for those that have put themselves up on the pedestal, but it's not. Yeah. It's for everyone. Yes. You know, I don't see any reason why, you know, in time, you know, that awakening will become more that you and everybody else will hear your guardian angel clearly. You will see your guardian angel. You will recognize all the signs. You know, at the moment, I have mothers in the world and fathers right across the world and any of them that have had a newborn baby or or they have a child under two, they are asking them, how is your guardian angel? But most importantly, how is your soul this morning? How are you? You know, it's, it's, it's awakening the spiritual side of ourselves for, for what the way it has been described to me from the very beginning is like part of evolution, part of that intertwining. Yes. So you have seen angels since you were itty bitty, since you can first remember, and you've seen them in all different shapes, sizes. You've seen them yeah. in all ways. from from the time I was an infant. You know, just lying in the cot, and you know, I always remember on umpteen occasions, my mom over the cot, you know, fixing you or at the pram or doing something you know, like all mothers, and um, in a self, my me ignoring her really, and, and reaching up and trying to catch the angels, because they were, they were above me. And they were of such beautiful colors, you know, that, that I just wanted to, to touch them. But at that stage, I never was able to touch them. Yes. <laughs> and, and and it was it was only I'm always guessing my age because it was such a long time ago. So I always say, you know, from the moment I opened my eyes I've seen them because I, I, I cannot remember not seeing angels at all. You know, and one very important time was maybe when I was two or two and a half, I, I was walking. I was, you know, I was a slow talker, so, um, but yet the angels were teaching me everything. I was talking to them without words, and I still do that that today, I'd say, in five different ways. And it, it was one time maybe when I was about four, and I was playing in front of the fire in, in the little cottage um, in Old Kamenum, and I was playing with my little brother and we were playing with blocks that my dad had made. And you have to remember, I was only a tiny child, maybe, you know, I know I was over two and a half, so a bit, a bit older than, than that. And just playing away, you know, with my brother, thought nothing of it. And it was when our hands touched, it was like as if his hand went into mine or mine went into his and there was such love but such sparks they they went everywhere and and i laughed i loved it and it was at that time that the angels said to me that they were angels and i was to keep it a secret but they told me as well that my brother was a soul 
you know, and I even remember at that young age, understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, I know sometimes we say a child is too young to understand, but I understood straight away because straight away it was like as if it dawned on me, oh, yes, I often see him as an infant in my mom's arms asleep in the chair, you know, yeah. um, and sometimes he's, he's playing with me, but he's a different age. You know, and, and that's very important for us to remember. Our soul is why we don't die. Our soul is why we live forever. And I think that is wonderful. And your soul has everything of you. You know, um, I always say to people, because so many people say, oh, but your soul can do wrong. Your soul can't do wrong. It's only the human part of us that do wrong, but the human part have has a choice. You can say no. You have that free will. And I know people give out to me all the time saying, why do we have to have that free will? You know, why isn't it set in stone? (laughs) But if it was, I think life would be boring. Yes, definitely. So when you see angels, what do they look like to you? What do they, and I know you see them in various different shapes and forms, but I'm wondering if you could describe that. Um, well, I know I know through the books I have described the angels that are with me a lot of the time, you know, and Archangel Michael is one of the angels. And again, angels most of the time give a very human appearance, you know, that you wouldn't notice them, except they look brand new. Maybe that's the way I could put it perfect you know if an if an angel was giving a female appearance wouldn't have to make wear makeup or anything like that you know you would just know it's perfect in that in that way and that is the way with the archangel michael throughout my life sometimes i got comments from people saying i saw you with the man you know this that was the archangel archangel michael they they saw I always remember, and I think I have it in Angels in My Hair, you know, being in the college in Maynooth in Ireland because I'm Irish, and I would often go for a walk down down there. And the Archangel Michael one day was walking with me, but of course, he was dressed like a priest. He wouldn't dress differently. He Angels, most of the time, dress, you know, in whatever way everyone else is dressing, wherever they are you know, and was dressed like a priest. And I just had to smile because when the two priests passed us, they said, hello, Father. And Archangel Michael acknowledged them. Like, that's incredible. So angels are very, very beautiful. I can't see your guardian angel because you're on the screen, but I know if you were here, I would be able to. And how how would I say a guardian angel of a child I saw the other day? How could I describe this? It gave a very human appearance, but it was dressed in what would I call like, um, it's sometimes it's so hard to describe because they are so bright and full of light, you know, so new in that sense. And it did give a male appearance, but the child was so small and the angel was enormous. And yet at times an angel would be in proportion to us. 
you know, they they can do this. They they can change their their size. Um, it doesn't make any difference to them. And I know I have written in the books where, you know, the way we have to take off our clothes and put them on and that. Well, angels can change them instantly. And I give out about that because <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> you know, and I, I have written a lot. I've given as much knowledge as I can in the books to, to the world because it's for everyone of all faiths and none. And it doesn't matter whether you believe in angels or not. I always remember getting this lovely letter from a young 16-year-old, I think. I think he was, and he was from the state somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he just said in his letter, Lorna, I'm not a good person. I haven't been since I was born, you know. And here I was saying, oh, this letter and... My daughter was reading it to me, and in the letter, he said he had done, he told us the terrible things he'd done. You know, he'd beat up people, he'd rob, he'd do all kinds of things, and he was expelled from one school after another. So he had said in the letter that um, the police there, whoever they are, said to him, we're just waiting on you to come of age. And then we'd be locking you up. And this was in his letter. But he gave another part of the detail of the letter is that where he said when he was with his gang, wherever that was, this woman passing by literally just handed him, didn't wait for him to take it, just angels in my hair, just shoved it at him. And and of course he took it because he wasn't expecting. And he said for some reason which I know was his guardian angel. He didn't throw it away or flick through it and say, you know, throw it in the air or anything. He actually put it into his jacket, you know, so he listened to his guardian angel. And the most wonderful thing was he, he goes on in the letter. The other, another part of it is where he said he, he read it and he wanted to change. He didn't want to be the young man he, he was. He wanted to change. He wanted to go back to school. He wanted to get an education and job. It was like as if suddenly he said, I was, I suddenly became aware I don't have to be this bad person. Yeah. Um, and, and then another section he told me, which I'm skipping loads of the letter, which I thought was so funny. He said, Lorna, at the time I didn't have the money. I would have had to go off and do robbing, you know, but I did do a little rob. I did rob a little. He said, I robbed your second book. <laughs> and he read that one too. And he went, um, he said he went to, I don't know what you call them, the police officer that would be in charge of juveniles. And he, he told him he wanted to change. And I have to say, whoever that police officer was, had lots of love and compassion in him and listened to his guardian angel and helped this young man. He got back into school. Wow. And I haven't heard since. So hopefully. Yeah. And that was years ago. It's so beautiful. 
staying on this topic, when I'm in my sessions, sometimes bringing through angel messages for people, some of the most powerful pain stories that I've heard are from people who say, you know, Julie, back in my day, and this has come from several, several different people. It used to be in the schools here in the U.S. way back when that you would be sent home to eat lunch at home and then you would go back to school. And there's so much pain within people who would come home and there wasn't any lunch for them or their mother was home but didn't make a lunch for them, didn't take that time. And you've talked recently, I've heard you talk about the nonprofit work that you do and the story that you told of the little boy who confided in you that he wasn't getting fed at his home. Yeah. Angels come through with so much healing. How do you work with your angels to help alleviate some of that pain from people's hearts? It's it's a lovely question. Um, just like the little boy and many other children in that class that day, and all the teachers were shocked because the children never confide anything that was like that. You know, it just happens. It's I can't really answer that question. It's it's just, you know, sometimes I could be in a hotel lobby or I could be out shopping. And or I could be in another country and in a supermarket and someone comes up and says, I need to share something with you. And they tell you of something that is incredible and so emotional, you know, and it's like in them sharing it, they get the healing that that they need. It's it's very hard to really answer that question because it just it just happens and. Um, I really don't know what way to answer it. It's kind of, it's no um, anything particular I do. You know, I have a prayer scroll and enormous amount come in on the prayer scroll and some horrific stories and, and some beautiful ones as well. And, and lots would come in saying, you know, I have been on this prayer scroll and my prayers were answered, you know, Everything is in God's hands. All as I can do is ask on behalf of a person. And I suppose when I go traveling, which I will have to cut down one day, I'll have to get people to come to Ireland instead. Um, one of the most most important thing actually in for me to do is is the blessing, is to bless each person individual. And I can't actually share what what that really is. All as I can say to people is that there's already a letter written that when I die, everybody will know how important and how, what would you say, critical that blessing is for the world. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way I can, can put that. It's hard sometimes to answer a question because sometimes I don't have an answer. Yeah, that's okay. It's- it's just the way God works through me and the angels. Um, it's kind of, you know, but but I know as time goes on, you know, um, in the nonprofit, we're, we're hoping to, you know, do classes for all age groups to help to teach, to make that connection. It's so important. We, we look at the world. We even look at flowers. 
but we're not seeing them. Yeah. We're only allowing ourselves to look and only recognize what we have been told. That's the conditioning. Yes. What we've been told over generations, what you're only meant to see. Mm-hmm. But there is much more. I know as you read the books, you will discover there is much more. Yes. So how do the angels work with you to help break down that conditioning in people, that fear or that anxiety? I, I think how, how it happens is, you know, when I give a talk or I do a workshop, um, it's, it's just amazing. But especially through the books, mm. you know, um, just like that young man, why did he even bother send a letter, you know, in, in that way and, and told us the whole story? A lot of healing and opening and awakening happens when people read the books. And they just tell me that. I have hundreds and thousands of people that have told me that already. They would say, you saved my life. I, I don't look on the world in the same way. And so many young people, like that's the part that's amazing. Like as I said, just recently talking to a young man and it has made a huge difference to him. You know, um, he's only 21 or something like that. You know, but it. It is about that. We all need to grow spiritually and we have to stop having anger and hate. We have to tell our children that it's okay to be kind and loving. Mm -hmm. It's okay, you know, to care, to share. You don't need to have the best of everything because a lot of young people are, the angels are, I I the angels tell me so much, but they they tell me all ages are bored because they have forgotten how to live life. They've forgotten how to feel it, and they're so anxious and so nervous. I just see you know the guardian angel having so many other angels around, a young man, a woman, or someone older, and you know they're holding the light of hope in front of them, doing everything to help to relax them, not to be nervous, not to be anxious. And watching the guardian angel whispering to someone to help to give them courage. You know, sometimes when people say, how can I listen to my guardian angel? Your guardian angel is talking to you every day, all day. You know, it's just we block it out. But many times we hear our guardian angel and it's always teaching us. And sometimes I suppose maybe we are a bit lazy. Oh, we don't want to bother, you know, that kind of thing. You know, if your guardian angel said to you or said to me, lift up your glass and take a sip of water, you know, lots of adults, a child would probably do it straight away. Young children under the age of seven respond very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But adults will say, oh, no, I don't want. Or if all of a sudden they're becoming aware that the guardian angel is asking to, to do things, they will say, well, what does it mean? Yeah. It actually means nothing. They're only teaching you to respond. <laughs> you know, that is all. And and still today, adults find that very hard to get. You know, so I'd have to, I'd have to smile. So it's it's like, and everyone has experienced it. When something is happening in your life or you're making a decision. And deep down in you, you actually know what to do. 
but everyone around you is giving you advice. And you keep hearing this voice telling you, no, go left. But yet everyone else is telling you, go the other way. And of, of course, you say, I oh, know that's silly. I shouldn't be listening to that deep voice inside of me. I'll go the way everyone else says. And many a time, I'm sure you've experienced it yourself. You know, you say, I knew I should have gone the other way. Mm -hmm. That's your angel telling you. So if you're walking down the road and your, your guardian angel pops into your head, whatever way it is, or you get a gut feeling, whatever, you know, turn left down the road. Turn left down the road. Don't say what's down here for me. <laughs> you know, it's just teaching you because one thing the guardian angel loves, and that is when you get so good at it, that you yourself jump with joy and say, you did it yourself. Mm -hmm. Your guardian angel loves when you get to that stage. Yeah. So I've heard people say, and I don't see this in the same way that I've heard it spoken of. I've heard people say that they see angels fighting. And I do see angels working with us to release our fears of our egoic mind, to help us get out of the constructs like you were talking about of everyone says to do it this way, but this is the way we want you to do it. But I don't see like swords drawn and that type of thing. Um, I, I have to smile. I have never heard that. Okay. I've never heard that people see angels fighting all of the time. Angels don't fight. Okay. I have never <laughs> seen an angel have a crossword for another angel. I have never seen Archangel Michael, you know, shout, you angels do this or whatever, or, you know, it's, I know humanly we have imagined in a sense, so we've put it there by imagining a, a hierarchy, if I'm saying the word properly. Yes. You know, different angels lower down and all that. But the angels have never shown me, you know, I, I know Archangel Michael, you know, just beyond the throne. I know that. I've seen him there. Um, but he never shows what we expect a general or or some leader to do, you know, to downtrot the people. Right, right. You know, or to downtrot his soldiers. Or do you see bad angels and good angels? Because I've never seen bad angels. No, I have. The, what way can I answer that? I have never seen bad angels in that sense, in what you're saying. And I... At the beginning, when I started to give the talks, lots of people asked the question about hell, you know, about people that have done horrific things. What happens to them? Do they go to hell? And, and I would always say, you've got to listen to my words. You know, I'd say it that way. You've got to listen to my words. Because I know when you're full of anger or hate or, or there's a mother or father in the audience who have their child murdered, you know, something like that. And then there's anger in your heart. But I would say to try and listen to my words, and, and that is God has never shown me him sending any soul to hell, to that place that we call hell. So I don't believe he does. Me too. I don't believe he does because you, you have to remember at that moment of death, no matter what that person has done in this life, 
they know God is real. At that moment, they see their guardian angel there with them. They they see their own soul. They they have lifted from the human body. And and I know that the human part of them would say within the soul, Oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't. And God loves his children. Yeah. I, I know he does. And and one other thing, you know, sometimes people would say when they would ask that question, I would say to to them, you know, if I had to bring millions of people up to the top of a mountain to save them for some reason. And millions of people were coming. And we all got up to the top of the mountain. And if I looked down and saw one person still left behind, no matter how bad that person was, I would have to go back down and get them up to the top of the mountain because they have a soul and a guardian angel. They are God's child. And I cannot condemn condemn them in any way I can only love them yeah and people sometimes get a little annoyed how could you love someone like that but you have to love them yeah and that's what I see all the time too I just like to on this podcast correct misconceptions that might be out there that people are hearing about and everything that you've said is what I see as well so thank you for taking the time to explain it that way you're welcome You're welcome. Friends, I am so excited to announce that we took all of the information from the two e-courses that we've run earlier this year, the Angel Communication e-course and the Manifestation e-course, and we put it into a beautiful package for you to take anytime. If you sign up on our website to take one of these courses, what you're going to get is a beautiful workbook where you have all of the information and different places to write down what you're experiencing as you go through the course. And my friends, in the Manifestation eCourse, there is over five and a half hours of content videos for you to learn from. In the Angel Communication course, there is over six and a half hours of video content for you to learn from. And we are getting such amazing feedback from people who are saying this is so life-changing to be able to hear, feel, see, talk to, and overall in general communicate with your angels. And in the other e-course, we are having so many people email in about the beautiful things that they are manifesting and co-creating in their lives. Friends, if you need help with these things, these e-courses are available for you to take anytime. If you want to support this podcast, please take one of those e-courses, book a one-on-one session with me where I'll bring through messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. Or you can also take the Angel Reiki School. We have the next school coming up May 2nd and 3rd where you'll become an Angel Reiki Master Teacher. If you want to learn all about what's included and how you're going to develop your unique spiritual gifts there, how you're going to use those unique spiritual gifts in your life. Stay on for the very last three minutes of this podcast where we're going to go over all of those details about the school with you. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's jump back into the show. I'm wondering, have you ever seen the presence of the Holy Spirit And if so, does the presence of the Holy Spirit look different or feel different than angelic energy? 
Um, I, I have to smile at this question. <laughs> and I, I suppose I have to go back a bit because when I finally said yes to God, finally, you know, I am dyslexic very bad. Um, I still can barely read and it's still very difficult to write anything by hand. Um, but I'm getting better, which is good. Um, but don't send me down to the shops because I'll get lost and that will happen. And because I don't let the angels help me, I had to tell them I have to learn myself. You know, when, when I was a small child, the angels would say to me, Lorna, you will write about God and us one day. And as a small child, I really took no notice of what they were saying because they said loads of things to me. They were teaching me all of the time. And then when I was a teenager, they were still at it, you know, still saying, Lorna, one day you will write about God and us. And when I was a teenager, they had said as well that the books would become a bestseller and they'd go around the world. And that in a way used to annoy me because that, that made me nervous. I would say to them, that makes me nervous. I can't even read or write, go away, leave me alone. You know, but it was when I was married and I had three children at this, this time and I had my little daughter in the pram. And it's in, I think it's in Angels in My Hair, if you've read it. And it was kind of a bit of a cold day and, you know, after being at the shops and heading home and, and my little girl was asleep in the pram and a particular part of the road that was like a lane up to the house. It has all changed now because time changes. And Archangel Michael was behind me. He was calling me and I was getting, you know, really annoyed. <laughs> and um, he said, you know, he had a message for me. And I always remember having my hands on the, you know, the bar of the pram and, you know, and just stopping and just saying, what do you want? What is the message? And he just said, you know, it's God is just saying it's near time for you to write. It's getting near time for you to write. And I always remember just stopping and looking at the Archangel Michael and just saying, I can't even read or write. How on earth does God expect me even to write one book? You know, to me, that was completely impossible. How could God expect this? You know, we were extremely poor. Joe was even sick at that time as well. He would work when he could. And the Archangel Michael just said, help would be sent. And even then, I didn't say yes. I was always saying no. You see the way I avoided saying yes? <laughs> you know, I gave out instead, and I give out a lot. <laughs> um, and God doesn't mind. He gives out to me for hiding. You're human. Yes, definitely. Eventually, you know, it was after my husband had died, and I said yes. And then so many miracles started to unfold. As soon as I said yes, because you, I couldn't read or write. And there was one question on my mind all of the time. But what happened then was I started to say it, not to my family, but I said it to a friend. I'm going to write. And of course, this friend knew I couldn't read or write. Like, I don't know what he thought. I never asked him at the time. But... He went out, like, because we had no money. You, 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 
you grew food in in the garden and everything you you know you you repaired everything and you washed everything carefully by hand to get it to last longer and look new and everything like that and one day just a knock came to the door and there he was and cutting the story short he brought in these big boxes and put them on the table and I kind of know what to say you know do you want a cup of tea <laughs> that's what the Irish say we've got now say do you want a cup of tea and just as he was leaving he was saying these are yours you know and inside the boxes um, was a laptop which I still have a Dell, a Dell laptop and that was oh a long long time ago long I think angels in my hair is out 10 years going on 11 years so add on another six or seven years on onto that how on earth could anyone expect me to use a laptop still today I have great great problems but that was one of the, the miracles started to happen then and that was one of the big questions I asked God what am I going to call you mm. because I knew there was conflict if I didn't say Jesus or if I didn't say the Holy Spirit, or if I didn't say, you know, other names, because other religions give God another name. Mm -hmm. But it is the one God. Mm -hmm. And I love the way God said it. He just said to me, Lorna, what do you call me? And I kind of was astonished by that. And I just said, God, of course. Like, <laughs> God, of course. And, and he said, using the word God is universal. Mm. And I understand that now. Mm -hmm. We call God by all different names, all different religions. It's the one God. Every time, whether you call God the Father or the Holy Spirit, or you call, call God Jesus, or you call God the Most Holy One, or you call God Allah, because that's another word for, for God. And I know there's so many other names out there. But we're all calling the one God. There is only one, except we fight over God all the time. You know, we kind of use God as a, a weapon as well. Yeah. Even in today's modern world, I'm still shocked that we're using God as, as a weapon today. We're using God to hate somebody, you know, because they're a different faith or different religion than, than ourselves. Yeah. But we're meant to love each other. Mm. Okay. Lorna, yes, yes. I want to ask you about your husband, Joe, who's on the other side now. And I know uh, we had talked before you came on the podcast just a little briefly about how my dad's on the other side. And I connect with him all the time. I feel him around me. He sends me signs. I even feel that there's time where he wants to connect with my energy. So I make time to walk watch this movie that just so makes me feel his presence. I'm wondering in what ways do you talk to Joe on the other side? In what ways do you still communicate with him every day? That's a, a beautiful question. <laughs> Again, I have to say you're, you're very good in just so many different ways. Sometimes I may not even think of him at all I would be so busy and then all of a sudden I would hear him call me because I recognize his voice and I would turn around and I would see him there physically 
but it's always when only God allows it, you know, that that he would be here in appearance physically, where for yourself and most of us, sometimes you feel their presence, you get signs, you know, but sometimes you could get, please God, you will get a, a glimpse of your, your dad maybe passing a window or a mirror or, or, or you look at somebody and you see your dad in them, in them and then suddenly it's gone. Yes. You know, sometimes the soul is allowed to, to do that. But sometimes we grieve so much, we're grieving so much that, you know, sometimes somebody would say, I don't feel their presence and I so desperately want to. But that's because they're grieving too too hard. They're wanting it the way they want it to happen. And it probably is happening, but they're missing it because again, you know, we put rules down ourselves. We we say this is the way it should happen. And nothing spiritually happens the way we say it should. Yeah. You know, um, I had on my young daughter who, when she was making her Holy Communion, her dad appeared beside her, you know, and physically walked up to the altar with her. And, and she told me afterwards she could feel his presence. She could feel his touch, you know, because she was only four when he died. And at times God has allowed Joe to give me a hug, his soul to give me a hug. You know, and I feel privileged, but I know that can happen for all of you. You know, it's to have faith and and open yourself spiritually, become aware, wake up. It's like, you know, we, we need to wake up. It's like the Archangel Michael has appeared all over the world for generations and not just within the Catholic faith, but within others. Mm-hmm. So has the Archangel Gabriel. You know, God has, I, I love the way, how would I put this? I love the way God, well, I'm putting it a human way, okay? Um, so let's make that clear. This is a human way. I love the way God is using his angels to get our attention. I talk about angels, but it's not about angels, and everyone thinks it is. It's actually about God. It's actually about your soul. It's it's about you know that change that we have to we have to make that part of evolution. Yeah. And I love the way God has done it. Is using His angels because in the world today we find the angels are safe, and they are safe. You know, there's something we can connect to because for thousands of years he has been bringing the angels more and more into the world, waiting for the day that we are more accepting of the angels. So therefore, then we will be more accepting of God and God's love, Mm -hmm. compassion, you know, and not judging. Yes. It's like loving the person you, you used to hate. Yes. Forgiving. You know, so I, I do, I do, I have to smile at that the way, let's say, I don't know why God chose me and not you or somebody else, you know, especially when, when I couldn't read or write or, or colors or just, you know, I always remember my dad handing me a box and saying, hold it this way. 
And I couldn't figure out, because I'm dyslexic, how to hold the box that way. You know what I mean? It was so many things can be so confusing when you're badly dyslexic. And, and why he chose me? And I always say, well, why didn't you choose, choose a man? Because in today's world, even though we've had Women's Day and all of that, but in today's world, you know, if I had been a man, I know I would have been listened to more. Yeah. But God puts challenges there. And the challenge is not for me. It's for everyone else out there in the world. Because I know God is real, without a doubt. And I know angels are real. And that is one question I have been asked by priests and rabbis and imams and all different religions. You know, and even Catholic bishops have asked me that question. And they have said to me, Lorna, is God real? And I always remember the first time that was said to me. I was actually shocked because I thought priests and nuns and bishops and all religious leaders knew God was real. But seemingly they don't. Hmm. It just is sad. But please, God, they're paying attention. Yeah. I better say no more. I keep on talking. (laughs) Oh, no. Sometimes when people have the gift of connecting with angels or spirits on the other side, um, what happens for me in my sessions is that I don't get to see everything by any means whatsoever, but I am allowed to see some of what God allows me to see on the other side. Can you describe like what you see on the other side? Um, how how can I say again? I I have never been asked to explain it, you know, in this in this way. Just just say, you know, you were someone else, and or maybe I was walking down the road, and I see people walking by, and I see the guardian angel. But sometimes I would see the soul of a loved one walking with them as well, you know, and sometimes those souls would be of little children they'd be given the the human appearance of what they look like but you would know the difference between a soul and an angel and it's so hard to describe that's one thing i'm i'm still trying to describe the incredibleness i can't even say the word of the soul compared to an angel like angels you know people gave out about this when i said it but God had told me I must say it, and the angels told me told me I must. Angels are creatures. They were created by God a long, long time ago. And you and I, everyone in the world, regardless of who they are, has this soul. And you are billions of times more than any angel ever could be. And I suppose in one sense, we had put angels up on pedestals. Um, but they don't, they have us on the pedestal, you know, because we are God's children. They love us and adore us. Yeah. You know, and your guardian angel is always with you and never leaves you for one second. And um, again, I I could be, what would I say? Just Just say I just met someone. And again, the guardian angel or the soul of a loved one that's with with them could tell me within seconds everything of that person's life but that doesn't mean you tell that person 
you must always be careful because you have to remember it's a human being standing in front of you as well as a spiritual being. You must be gentle and kind. You must be under, understanding. Yes. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, the angel or the soul of a loved one would be saying, they're not telling you the truth, Lorna, <laughs> you know, and they would tell me what way to go around in a circle in one sense with little things I might say or they might say and get them to come around. And then, of course, it all spills out. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. And 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 that's a, a great relief for a person. But I, I don't do fortune telling or anything like that because I could. But one of and in many of the books I have written, some of the futures I have been shown, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one thing that shocked me is that I'm here. I thought many of those futures were going to happen well after my passing, you know, thousand years from now. But I am in a bit of a shock to see some of those futures happening now, mm-hmm. you know, but I know we can change. Yeah. And I guess that's why God has me here. Yeah. Are there any big messages besides the message that all the angels are working on with humanity of evolving, increasing our consciousness, coming back to God? What are the bigger messages that you feel most angels are working on right now with individuals? I think the biggest message really is to they're telling us that there's more to life and we mustn't give up. And that we have to, you know, love each other and care for each other. We we have to, in a sense, the angels can only help. We've got to save ourselves. We've got to do to do that. And at the moment, we're not making a very good job of it. Mm-hmm. We're still fighting. And, and I, at times, would go on Facebook and ask people to join us in prayer. And it could be for the leaders of the world. And sometimes I've named a leader and sometimes people would get annoyed and say, oh, I'm not praying for that leader. But you have to remember, the more we pray, prayer is very powerful. It can move mountains. It can help the leader or the leaders of the world to listen to their guardian angel and make the right decisions, be compassionate and loving and to care for the people of the world to care for our planet you know when you give someone a gift and you give it free sometimes it's just kind of disregarded or not looked after and and you've paid a fortune for it and and you see it in smithereens well we have been given this beautiful planet as a gift and we took it for granted and the planet is part of spirituality it's alive And the angels have taught me everything out in nature. So they're telling us there's a huge connection there as well. Mm -hmm. Like we, we just have to be more compassionate and more loving. We've got to pray more and, and not pray for ourselves selfishly. Mm -hmm. Like the things we're doing today in the world, we, in a sense, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of the things we're doing. Like, and I give out to God for for being so powerless, for being in chains, like what we do to our children, to our mothers, 
to the young people. Mm -hmm. Like I know young people now that have just come out of school or college and they don't see a future. You know, we we have, there is a future. Yeah. There is a future there. And there's a future there for all of us, but we have to make it for all of us. Mm -hmm. And that's what God and the angels want. Um, in one of the books I have written, that we make this world like a little glimpse of heaven. Yeah. And there's some fascinating things I tell within that, you know, and we can do it. God has said we can do it, but we have free will. We have the choice. So do we want to make it really hard for ourselves or do we want to make it easy? Right. Right. You know. Yeah. And free it, will I give out about <laughs> as well. But 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 we you have the choice. You have the choice to share the bread you have. Mm -hmm. You have the choice to say to yourself, life isn't all about material things. Because again, I would meet many people that, you know, would suddenly have a sick child or a sick mother or father that are dying. They would give away all their material things. Absolutely. You know, they would rather live in a tent but have their loved one. So I, I will say thank you. I enjoyed really chatting with you. And I hope everyone that will hear this podcast will, will enjoy and will feel that stronger connection to their guardian angel for them to open up spiritually, to become more awakened. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of, come on, get a move on, wake up. And it's in your everyday life every day. I love Just that. ask for a sign and allow yourself to recognize it. And your sign is for you personally. It's not for anyone else. Yeah. Lorna, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here on the show. Well, thank you. And I ask for a blessing, um, even without touching everyone, but everyone who listens to your podcast, I ask for the Holy Spirit for each and every one of them to be blessed and for whatever healing that they need. Okay, and for all of the other things. Thank okay, you so God much. And love you lots. God bless. Love you lots too. Thank you, Lorna. Beautiful souls, we have so many freebies to help serve you, your family, and friends. Want a weekly message from your angels emailed to you? Sign up on my website to receive a weekly message of love, hope, and healing from the angels. Do you have a prayer request? Go to the homepage of my website and submit your prayer request so that our team of prayer warriors can be praying for you daily. Want to learn more about the angels and energy healing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Julie Jancis to learn more about the angels, energy healing techniques, and so much more. One of the biggest things we hear from our listeners is that they have no one to talk to about their spiritual awakening. We created a private Facebook group called the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe so that you could connect with others like you and know that you're not alone. So be sure to join this group on Facebook to get the support you need. Want a free session? We plan to give away over 240 free sessions with students in the Angel School per year. To win a free session, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Then write a positive review and email us a screenshot. That way we know who to contact when you win. 
Want to share your uplifting angel story on the podcast? Because we love sharing them. Please write down your angel story and email it to us. Don't forget, be an angel and share this podcast with someone who needs it. See you back here next time for another episode of the Angels and Awakening podcast. Friends, before we go, I want you to take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Again, deep breath, inhaling the pure white light and love of God, making you feel weightless and filled with joy. And I want you to exhale all of the heaviness that you've been carrying in your auric field, in your chakras, in your body. Friends, no matter where you are in your life, your angels need you to know that you are so, so loved. Never doubt that you have big, big purpose here and now. What is your soul here to do? My friends, your spirit team is always working with you. I want you to see and feel your heart chakra and your heart itself opening like French doors. I want you to see God and your spirit team sending you a multitude of blessings of abundance in health, wealth, happiness, love, and peace. See all of those unexpected blessings filling your heart right now. My friends, your soul is love, joy, peace, bliss, ease and grace. And because that's who and what you truly are, these elements can never leave you. They can never be taken away from you. And my friends, all you really ever have to do is just be. Be you and radiate the beautiful light that you are. So go forth today and be an angel in the lives of others. Radiate your love and live in the high vibration of simply being. Friends, if you feel the calling to be a healer or to learn more about energy so that you as an empathic person, as a highly sensitive person, can learn how to clear out your own energy, if you really feel called to take action and become a healer to fulfill your soul's purpose in this lifetime, then the Angel Reiki School is so for you. Imagine what your life would be like when you know how to use your unique spiritual gifts, whether that's connecting with angels, mediumship, intuition, seeing color, or really having the power to heal with your hands to help others make huge changes in their lives. We have an upcoming Angel Reiki School on Saturday, May 2nd and Sunday, May 3rd. This is held at the Hilton Doubletree in Lyle, Illinois. We get together all day Saturday from about 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. And we are working all day long on helping you develop your spiritual gifts, helping you understand energy more. And then we come together on Sunday from about 9 a.m. till about 12.30 p.m. And we're honing in your gifts. My friends, I keep the class sizes small on purpose for a reason because it allows me to really help each individual connect with their unique spiritual gifts 
and really hone in on what that is and how to use it with other people. Because my friends, each one of us does have a unique gift. And the angel Reiki method that I created is really about bridging different forms of healing. It's not 100% Reiki. It is really a unique system of healing. It's about learning energy so that you can help people clear energy out of their aura, their chakras, their body. But then it's also about understanding what your spiritual gift is. And that could be so many different things. But once you understand your unique spiritual gift, you can use it to help that person go even deeper into their healing. So that's what the angel school is. It's really a bridge of both energy healing and you developing your unique gifts so that you know how to use it to not just help yourself, but to help others as well. Friends, I was called to create the angel Reiki method during a vision where I saw spirit showing me how the planet will come to a place of peace. Spirit says that the 7.5 billion people on earth will not come to a place of peace using the same healing path, but instead by healers rising up and creating new paths of healing based on their unique spiritual gifts. Friends, if I hadn't listened to the little voice calling me to become a healer, I would still be working in corporate America miserable. And what spirit wants you to know is that you have to listen to your heart. Because when you are called to be a healer, that calling doesn't go away. You might try and push it off for five years, 10 years, 20 years, but my friends, it is still going to be there. I have had women come into my office who have said, you know what, Julie, I'm a widow now and I am in my 80s, but this is what I have always felt called to do and this is what I'm doing and I'm starting it now. So there's no age limit, but the sooner that we do this, we feel fulfilled in our souls. We feel so alive and that's what I want for you. I want you to have that fulfillment. I want you to get that by touching the lives, the souls that you're here to help in this lifetime. So if the Angel Reiki School is something that you feel called to, definitely uh, go over to my website or reach out to the office. We will get you all registered and ready to go for the May 2nd and 3rd Angel Reiki School. Thank you so much, friends. Sending you peace, bliss, and many, many blessings.